Two months have now passed since the Dobbs case was handed down by the United States Supreme Court, and we're beginning to see a national strategy take shape. Border battles are heating up, and national legislation is being introduced. How do we navigate the changing landscape? You'll find out today on Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can donate to our work by going to createdequal.org and just click on that uh, donate link on the right side of that page. And also, if you're listening by podcast, please share it with your friends and your colleagues and family. And also leave a five-star review. That gets us in front of more people uh, around the country. So once again, you're listening to your radio activist, Mark Harrington. And today, we've got a potpourri of issues. We're going to be dealing with this whole border battle that is now the post-Roe America that we're facing, along with some uh, insights into the national strategy in Washington, D.C. And then uh, later in the program, I'm going to have Kristen Polo on to give us an update on the the Michigan Constitutional Amendment, that's uh, Proposal 3, that is now officially on the ballot and will appear uh, on the ballot on November 8th of this year. So let's get started. The first thing I want to talk about here is uh, Kamala Harris. She appeared on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd, and he was asking her about abortion. And then after that, I'm going to talk uh, about some of the things that Lindsey Graham said yesterday as he introduced a 15-week ban on abortion. So let's go ahead and play that clip. This is, again, uh, Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris, on Meet the Press. People are entitled And this court took that constitutional right away. All right. Stop there. The court didn't take the the right to abortion away. It was never a right under the Constitution. It was made up out of thin air by Harry Blackman and a majority of Supreme Court justices in Roe versus Wade. There was never a constitutional right to abortion. The words don't appear in the U.S. Constitution. The right to privacy does not extend to abortion. It's a fabrication. And Dazi Jackson just recognized that and returned it back to the state legislatures. So abortion was never a constitutional right. We need to stop repeating that. All right, go ahead. And we are suffering as a nation. Go ahead and stop there. We are suffering as a nation just because the United States Supreme Court said abortion is not a constitutional right that we're suffering as a nation. I'm sorry, Kamala. I'm not going to cry crocodile tears over women who now might have to cross the border to kill their baby. That's the scenario we find ourselves in. I'm sorry, they're not suffering. Who's suffering are the babies themselves because abortion is still legal in the majority of states all across America. So let's go to the next clip. Again, this is Kamala Harris on Meet the Press. She's asked about abortion and the uh, plans for the Democrats to introduce more abortion legislation. Go ahead and play that clip. I believe government should not be telling women what to do with their bodies. I believe All right, stop there. Te- now, here we go. Women should not be told what to do with their bodies by the government. Nobody's telling, uh, nobody's telling women what to do with their bodies because we're dealing with a separate body here. 
Uh, we often hear the term bodily autonomy. Uh, pro-choice advocates use that to justify abortion. They'll say that a woman has the right to do what she wants with her own body. That is true to a degree. We do not have the absolute right to do what we wish with our bodies. There are limitations to that, especially when it involves another body. For example, I don't have the right to swing my arm freely when it hits somebody in the nose. I can swing it freely as long as it doesn't hit someone in the nose. It's it's true in that case because I'm harming someone else's body. It's not absolute. A woman does not have a right to use her hands, her body, to drown her child. That is not bodily autonomy. The other thing is this. We have a separate body. We understand that the unborn are unique human persons made in the image of God that reside in the mother's body. That is true, but they are not part of the mother's body. They are separate and unique human beings who deserve rights of personhood. And so they do not have the right to use their body, women that is, to kill unborn children. All right, continue on with this clip. Telling women how to plan their families. I believe government should not be criminalizing healthcare providers. I believe government All right, stop should- there. Criminalizing healthcare providers. No one is doing that because abortion is not healthcare. Abortion is murder. Abortion is killing. Abortion's genocide. It's not healthcare. And even if it were healthcare, we regulate healthcare all the time in this country. We tell doctors, medical people how to perform medicine all the time in our laws. So the idea that healthcare isn't regulated, that we're not telling doctors what to do, is false. It's untrue. But even, but but abortion is not even healthcare. We understand that. Um, it kills children. That's what it does. And those who perpetrate the killing of unborn babies should be criminalized by our laws. All right, go on. She talks about the issue of rape uh, and incest. Go ahead and play that clip. Should not be saying no exception for rape or incest as a prosecutor, former prosecutor who specialized in child sexual assault cases, understanding the violence that occurs against women and children, and then to further subject them to those kind of inhumane conditions. All right, stop there. All right, this is the typical argument to allow abortion in the case of rape and incest, right? Or rape in the case of rape was what she talks about. And let's be clear, first of all, that the, the, every argument for abortion rises or falls on the understanding of who the unborn child is. What is the unborn? Are they human or are they not? And if they're human, no justification for abortion is adequate, period, even in the cases of rape, incest, or life of the mother, for that matter. And that is because those unborn children deserve the right to life, irrespective of the way that they were brought into the world, the way that they were conceived. If they had the wrong kind of father, that is a criminal who perpetrated an act of sexual abuse against a woman. We need to understand that those people that do that, rapists, need to be uh, held accountable to the full extent of the law. That's number one, that we need to criminalize those who perpetrate rape. But that does not then go on to say that we can take the life of that unborn child who is innocent in this scenario as a result of rape. 
Um, so we need to understand, as difficult as it is, when we talk about the issue of rape, and when we talk about a woman getting pregnant as a result of rape, we have to go back to the fundamental understanding that the unborn are human and they deserve rights of personhood. Uh, and we need to deal with the rapist first and foremost. Now, let me give you a hypothetical to put a finer point on this. And let's just, for example, consider a wife, husband and wife who have consensual sex one day. And then the next day, the wife is raped and she gets pregnant. But because that husband and wife believe in the right to life and they 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 want to err on the side of caution because it's possible that their uh, child could be their own child and not the rapist, they decide not to have an abortion. And so they see the pregnancy through the baby is born. And just to find out, they want to take a uh, a test, a, a parental test here. Right. And they find out that the the child is the, the is the result of rape, that the father of the child is a rapist. Now, my question is this. Do they have the right to kill that child? After the child's born, when they find out that that child was born as a result of rape or incest? And most people would say, no, they don't. And so my question is, let's back it up a little bit then why would they have the right, right to take that baby's life if that baby was conceived by an act of violence, that is rape? And uh, they shouldn't because the only difference between that child that was born, who was, uh, uh, that child who was a result of rape who was born and unborn is age. And we do not believe in age-based discrimination. That unborn child should be protected just like the born child, whether they're a result of rape, conceived in rape, conceived in, a, in an act of, uh, of violence. And then finally, I'd say this. There is no evidence that abortion in the, as a result uh, or taking the life of an unborn child by abortion in the case of rape unrapes the woman. In fact, I would submit to you that this is another act of violence. She talks about the act of violence of rape, which we agree needs to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. But the second act of violence is towards the child who doesn't deserve the death penalty. And this act of violence was not perpetrated on the woman, but the, per the woman perpetrated it on the child. So now she is culpable for what she's done. I would also say to you, that abortion is not just an act of violence against the baby, it's an act of violence against the woman. If you've ever watched an abortion, uh, and we have the abortion video on our website at createequal.org, you will understand that abortion is not just an act of violence against the child, it's an act of violence against the woman. All right, now we're going to switch gears and go to the pro-life side. Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, introduced a 15-week ban on abortion yesterday at the U.S. Uh, at the U.S. Capitol. And Lindsey Graham was flanked by pro-life leaders. So let's go ahead and play this first clip. This is the, I guess, the opening salvo, if you will, in a post-Roe America, as far as the Congress goes, in protecting human life. Go ahead and play that clip. Welcome the debate. Mm -hmm. We welcome the vote in the United States Senate as to what America should look like in 2022. 
Should we look like Iran and North Korea when it comes to national abortion policy? Or maybe uh, France, Belgium, Germany, Spain, Denmark, and Norway. If you vote with us, then we'll look more like these countries. If you vote with the Democrats, we'll look more like Syria and North Korea and Iran. All right, let's keep it there. Here, here's the thing. I understand what he's trying to do there. Uh, Justice John Roberts made that case when he was uh, uh, in the Dobbs case. He mentioned that America's laws on abortion are extreme. Even North Korea and other countries, China and some others in Europe, have a 15-week ban on abortion. America was most extreme when it comes to that. But I have to differ with... Uh, with Lindsey Graham on this, this is not the reason why we should be introducing a piece of legislation. Uh, obviously, we don't want to be as extreme as Iran and North Korea. That's for certain. But we also don't want to look to the European countries for guidance here, necessarily. We're not trying to figure out how can we be like the Europeans. We're, we want to figure out a way, how can we protect all human life, beginning at fertilization, without exception? Uh, we just overturned Roe versus Wade. It's time to uh, to be aggressive and bold. There's nothing holding us back now. I would submit to you there was nothing holding us back before, but now we don't have Roe versus Wade in the way. We should be going for as much as we can get. Our guidance should not be given to us from France. That's not where we should be looking towards. We should be looking to our U.S. Constitution and the law of God as to how we are going to protect unborn children. So I, I just have to take a little bit of exception. I know that the press conference focused a lot on international laws regarding abortion and how the United States kind of lined up there, and that was the basis for the 15-week ban. But obviously it doesn't go far enough, and that's why I, let's go ahead and play the second clip. Lindsey Graham again at the U.S. Capitol talking about this new bill uh, restricting abortion. Here's what I want. I want to be a nation as a whole that recognizes that 15 weeks, the baby feels pain, that to save the baby's life, you have to provide anesthesia because you don't want to hurt the baby in the, in the process of saving its life. And we are not a better nation by dis dismembering that child through the abortion All right, process. we can, you can end it there. Here, here's the thing. I don't want to be a nation that bases whether an unborn child has the right to life on whether they feel pain or not. That's arbitrary. It's age based based on the age of the child. Obviously, children begin to feel pain in the womb around 15 weeks, more than likely. And I understand that that is a marker, but it's arbitrary. And we really it's not value giving either. The fact that a human being can feel pain makes them no more valuable than one that doesn't. And so what about all those children under 15 weeks? We should be protecting them as well. We should not be protecting babies based on whether they feel pain or not. You know, before the Dobbs decision was handed down, the U.S. Senate, the pro-lifers in the U.S. Senate, attempted to pass a 20-week pain-capable abortion ban. 20-week pain-capable abortion ban. Now Roe has fallen, and we've just moved it up five weeks. I mean, crazy. We can do better than this, friends. We can do a lot better than this. 
we should be banning abortion at the moment of birth uh, or the moment of conception. Sorry. And if we have to compromise when all else fails, then maybe we need to back up to a heartbeat bill or possibly a 15 week ban. But out of the gate, we should not be compromising uh, without having some type of negotiation over this. So I have to take exception to the introduction of this ban. I think we need to go farther than this than we did with a 15-week ban. All unborn children in America should be protected in law at the federal level, and our pro-life organizations should be supporting that out of the gate and see what happens. It's not even a good show vote to have a 15-week ban on abortion, frankly. Because um, we know this is likely not going to go anywhere. Uh, We need to be fighting for legislation that protects human life at conception. So that's my take on things uh, in a post-Roe world. Hopefully you've got a little more information on how to navigate this new landscape. So let's go to Kristen Polo from Protect Life Michigan. She's got an update on the referendum, or you could call it a constitutional amendment, the Proposition 3 in Michigan. Kristen? Thanks for having me back, Mark. As many of you are probably aware, our 1931 law that protects the unborn has been enjoined. So even in the wake of Roe v. Wade, that has not gone into place. And the second update that we've had in the last since we've last spoke is that Um, Proposal 3 has now officially been assigned to the ballot. So this Anything Goes Abortion Amendment will officially be on the ballot before voters on November 8th. Uh, We've launched a full-fledged campaign against Proposal 3, including calls and texts and ads and a door campaign. In fact, my staff has been out every single day knocking doors, talking to voters, Um, So we're moving forward and, frankly, need all the help we can get. So, Kristen, let let me ask you, how can the court rule that the 1931 law is unconstitutional with the overturning of Roe? I know you're not an attorney, but is this a state or federal court or is it a a common pleas court or something of that nature? How can they rule that? This this will be appealed. This is a rogue judge who's doing total judicial activism here to step in. I mean, she should have recused herself from this case. She was actually an attorney who fought against this 1931 law, representing Planned Parenthood years ago. She's a financial supporter to Planned Parenthood. And now here she's saying, oh, yeah, this law is unconstitutional. I mean, it's it's So it's a federal judge. Um, I think so. It's Court of Claims and going to the Court of Appeals. Okay. Yeah, that's federal. All right. And so Proposition 3 is the name, or at least that's the, the name and the number, of the constitutional amendment. Tell us what's wrong with this. Why wouldn't Michiganders want to enshrine abortion into their constitution? Well, simply put, this is the most extreme proposal we've seen put forth anywhere. 
legalizes abortion through birth. It also repeals any kind of health and safety regulations on abortion clinics, essentially creating a free-for-all, allowing even people who aren't doctors to perform abortions. And something Mm -hmm. that we're finding to be very concerning amongst all people, whether they're against abortion or not, is the fact that it repeals parental consent. So a minor who can't have their ears pierced without parental consent could have an abortion without their parents' knowledge. That is very dangerous, extremely concerning. And Proposal 3 is a constitutional amendment. So if this passes, we are stuck with these consequences and many other unintended consequences, probably forever, written in stone in our state constitution. So, friends, you need to understand the importance of defeating this uh, proposal three, this proposal to uh, amend the Constitution of Michigan to make abortion uh, legal all the way up to the very moment of birth, wiping out all the common sense uh, pro-life laws that have been enacted over the last several decades, because this has national implications in the sense that if the pro-abortion movement can get a victory in Michigan, they may use this as a blueprint going forward. And we're looking at that in Ohio. I'm sure it's happening in other places where they're making preparations for this very type of action, even as soon as 2023. But for certain, if they do it, it'll be in 2024. So it has national implications on that. Also, Michigan is already becoming a destination for abortion. We just got news yesterday that uh, this abortionist David Birkins who owns three abortion facilities in Ohio, one in Toledo, is now opening an abortion facility right across the border of Michigan and Ohio in the town of Temperance, Michigan. It's 20 minutes, 20 minutes from his abortion facility in Toledo. So this is what Michigan has to look forward to if we can't defeat this amendment. So, Kristen, I mean... It it seems like David Birkins is banking on the fact that this amendment may be put into place. But even if it's not, Michigan is still a destination. That's right. In fact, we've been hearing that same thing, Mark. In fact, it was recently reported from Planned Parenthood here in Michigan that their number of out of state abortions have increased uh, by 300 percent. In the most in the last few weeks, because of laws that have gone into place in surrounding states that protect the unborn, they're now coming here. So we've got a lot of work to do in Michigan. But I'll tell you, if Proposal 3 passes and abortion is a constitutional right in our state, we're going to continue to see people coming from Indiana, Ohio and other states. And Michigan will become this abortion mecca as people travel here to take human life. Well, it's certainly a talking point as you're talking, as you're going out and doing your uh, deployments and your door-to-door discussions with voters in Michigan is to let them know, what do you want Michigan to be known for? (laughs) Do you want it to be known for the beautiful lakes in in the Upper Peninsula and so forth? You know, a great place to vacation or a destination for abortion? I mean, right. that's really what you're facing. The Midwest. Exactly, which it could become. We just got news yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, West Virginia passed a ban on abortion. Ohio mm-hmm. has a six-week ban for all intents and purposes. Indiana's ban on abortion goes into effect today. And then you have Pennsylvania and Michigan, which are still basically abortions legal. So 
it's kind of like all the states around Michigan are, you know, restricting abortion, except for, say, Illinois. It makes sense that, you know, they would want to put all their resources into Michigan to try to keep abortion legal there. And that is exactly what we're seeing. There's going to be a lot of money spent to try to ensure that they can put legalized abortion into our state constitution forever with no restrictions. And we need all the help we can get to educate voters here in Michigan using all means possible that this is too extreme. Even for people in our state who support abortion, this Mm -hmm. is too extreme. 95% of voters don't support the madness that they're trying to enshrine in our constitution through proposal three. So, Kristen, give our listeners, our viewers, your marching orders. How can they get involved in defeating this Michigan Proposal 3? Go to StopAbortionExtremism.com and sign up to get involved in our efforts. You can learn about the amendment there and sign up to help us defeat Proposal 3. We're looking for canvassing volunteers, people who will put yard signs up if you live in Michigan, donations, everything that you can do to help is available at that website. So go to StopAbortionExtremism.com. Well, folks, I can tell you this. Your radio activists and Created Equal are doing everything we can to help out with this effort in Michigan, and you should do the same. This really is the mother of all battles as we lead into the November 8 elections. Uh, I think this is the key fight that we're facing right now in the pro-life movement. We've got to defeat this in Michigan, and if you have time, Go to Michigan and help out. Do some of the deployments. Go door to door. Be available for Kristen and her team. Also, she needs financial support, money. This takes money. And you can support the effort by going to StopAbortionExtremism.com. That's StopAbortionExtremism.com. Kristen, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate you. Thank you, Mark. And we look forward to further updates as we get closer to Election Day. So we'll see you next time, folks. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.